This is Future of Work Pioneers with your host, Dr. Harpreet Singh at Harvard University. In this show, we speak with pioneers and thought leaders about workforce transformation, AI, and leadership in this exciting space. Hello, everyone. I'm Harpreet Singh, welcoming you to the Future of Work Pioneers podcast, Future of the Joint Force edition. For those who are new to the podcast, the Joint Force edition of this podcast is dedicated not only to the men and women in uniform, but also the many wonderful civilian leaders throughout the whole of government with the goal of being able to discuss potential effects of both AI and emerging technologies on the government's most precious asset, its people. My guest today is Dr. Marina Theodotu, who is a change management leader focused on people, engagement, and culture. Marina develops and curates learning experiences that push boundaries and inspire the workforce at the Department of Defense. She holds a doctorate in organizational change and leadership from the University of Southern California. Marina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Harpreet. It's a pleasure to be here. So before we dig into more specific questions, it would be great if you could give us a bit of your background, how you progressed into your current position, and what brought you uh, to workforce development specifically. Absolutely. So my background is broad and varied. So I started in banking financial services uh, a million years ago and then progressed into management consulting. And then I spent some time in nonprofits and now I'm in government. So I've seen all different sectors, private industry, nonprofits and government across three different verticals. So banking, financial services, management consulting, and now learning development slash defense in three uh, different geographies. So America's, uh, the Middle East and uh, the EU. So when I looked at that a few years ago, all of this conglomeration of, of my career, I pulled one common thread and that was change and leadership. And then I came across this doctorate that uh, USC was offering on organizational change and leadership. And I thought, wow, I would love to dig deeper into that and do a doctorate on this. And so, I brought in all my empirical uh, experience from change and, and leading different teams across all these uh, different settings that I described. And uh, it was uh, incredible because uh, that program gave me the opportunity to study one particular organization and do my research on that organization. So it so happened that I selected the Defense Acquisition University because that, uh, in, in the summer of 2016, it was one of the three winners in the Chief Learning Officer magazine. And uh, I was looking for an organization to do my research on, and I reached out to Jim Woolsey, who is the president of DAU, on LinkedIn, uh, by the way. Uh, it was uh, 4th of July weekend, 2016, and he responded, and I was so impressed, and I thought, wow. He said, yes, we'd love for you to do your research with DAU, so I did that. And uh, the more I was learning about DAU, the more hooked I got on the mission and, of course, the great work that DAU and DOD does uh, on obviously focusing on our national security, but also focusing on people and culture and the need for culture change. So that's what brought me here to DAU. I've been here for about uh, three years and uh, I'm super excited to share that uh, I'll be uh, moving for its six-month rotation to NavalX, uh, which is uh, the Department of the Navy's uh, innovation super connector. 
Wonderful. So, so tell us a little bit about DAU's mission. Uh, Yes, so the Defense Acquisition University has five uh, regions and two colleges, and our focus and mission is to train over 183,000 members of the DOD workforce that focus on acquisition. So acquisition is the procurement process uh, for everything the warfighter needs, whether it's pens or uniforms to aircraft carriers. It's a very complex process. It's the most complex process in the world and uh, requires a lot of of uh, training and um, and uh, expertise to be able to navigate all these different phases. Uh, the complexity of it has also been sort of a a hurdle in delivering at the speed of relevance, delivering services and goods uh, at the speed of relevance. So there is, there has been a great uh, effort to simplify the process and. Uh, uh, right now, uh, the uh, Honorable Undersecretary for Defense for Acquisition and Sustainment, Ellen Lord, has one of her big goals has been to actually simplify the process with the adaptive acquisition framework that came out uh, later, late last year, early this year. So DAU has been very much involved in providing rapid deployment training to all these 183,000 members of the workforce to understand what does this mean, what are what is this adaptive acquisition framework, which actually tailors the previously cumbersome steps into more uh, simplified, but not less uh, rigorous steps so that we can deliver more goods faster. Essentially, that's that's the, the focus uh, of the AAF. So DAU has been focusing on supporting both uh, the mission of uh, the OSD, the Office of the Secretary of Defense, and also supporting the workforce. So making sure that the workforce has the opportunities to learn uh, where they need where they need to learn and however they need to learn. So we're doing a lot to bring learning online, on mobile, via, you can actually set up your Alexa now. And Alexa, you can ask actually do learning, your acquisition learning on TAU's Alexa. So lots of exciting things and I'll be happy to discuss them in more detail down the line. Right. So, so the students of the university are going to be uh, federal employees, or yes, correct. They're federal employees. Yes, right. we have. Uh, they're mostly civilian, and we have a few that are uh, military. So the 183,000 are DoD. There are a few other that are non-DoD that actually uh, do come to DAU for some learning, uh, but our focus is those 183,000. As you know, innovation is an important business within DOD. It's been at the forefront of uh, innovation for a long time. And innovation requires uh, the ability to drive change when it comes to the leadership. Uh, and your research is centered around uh, organizational development. So how do you think about uh, leaders and what do they need to do in order to adapt to uh, new uh, uh, paradigms so they can drive change. Absolutely. So it's it's so critical for for leaders to be able to have a growth mindset. Uh, and I'm borrowing now from Carol Dweck. Uh, it's so fundamental. Research shows that growth mindset is important for for uh, anyone, including uh, 
those of us uh, in leadership position. And, and I also believe that anyone can lead from where they stand. So leaders need to have a growth mindset, which means that they need to address challenges with an open mind and being open to new ideas as opposed to being risk averse and close and insular. So that's a fundamental um, requirement. I'm also borrowing from the innovator's DNA from uh, Christensen, Gergersen, and Dyer, uh, who have taught us that uh, innovators share these five traits, right? The questioning, associating, networking, experimenting. The fifth one is observing. So being able to, to connect the dots, having a growth mindset, but also being able to be open and experiment and uh, think differently about finding new solutions to all problems is fundamental in how we push for uh, uh, innovation within the DOD. And actually at DAU, we've uh, created events around this and even uh, the Think Differently webcast platform that uh, I had the honor and the passion, I'm very passionate about because uh, my team and I built that from the ground up to actually create this platform where we bring industry and DOD and academia into these discussions where um, participants, we've had a thousand logins, people uh, from the workforce, from the 183,000 that I mentioned can log in and actually be part of the conversation. Uh, it's so critical to be able to uh, create these platforms so that the traits that I mentioned earlier can be explored and examined and people can collide and, and find each other and figure out ways to collaborate. So when, when you are interacting at the DOD, um, are you seeing uh, folks engaging in uh, certain types of innovation versus, uh, you know, uh, others? Or what, what are you noticing? Well, uh, as I mentioned a few a few days ago, we had uh, TEDx DAU. It was our second event at DAU, and our and our topic was uh, the art of the possible. So it was an amazing experience. We had five thousand six hundred and fifty registrants, and about three thirty five hundred of those were active within the this virtual app uh, environment that we created, and. Uh, it was incredible to see uh, the connections and this discussion on innovation. And of course, we know that we have all these innovative cells around uh, within the, the DOD, starting with, uh, with DIU, previously X, and now DIU. We have Kessel Run, we have Naval X, we have AFWorks, we have Softworks, we have the Math Scientist, uh, the Army Futures. So they're all at DAU. We have DAUX. Uh, we have our own. So mm -hmm. there are all these cells within the DoD that are working so uh, passionately uh, to explore um, innovation and focus on creating space for innovation, which really means that you have to not only have the passion, but the expertise and the knowledge of the process, because you cannot innovate a process unless you really, really know it well. And then you can identify the bottlenecks and then try to fix uh, the, the ones that are, are bigger bottlenecks first. Uh, the other thing that um, we're seeing uh, is, is this incredible conversation that's happening on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn and, and I love and I've learned so much uh, about the uh, uh, about the innovation ecosystem through there, and also connected with um, cells 
like the Defense Entrepreneurs Forum that are outside the DoD um, physically, but so much connected because many of the members of the Defense Entrepreneurs Forum are part of, of the DoD, either in a civilian or military capacity. So I was looking at uh, some data uh, earlier today. I attended the ASV, uh, uh, ASU GSV conference, which is considered the Super Bowl of learning, where learning and innovation um, collide. And uh, one of the speakers was sharing this research that he did, a professor Galloway from NYU Stern. And he said that he did some research and found that um, some of the biggest organizations, most innovative organizations are about 20 miles away from a big university that fosters research. And in his research, he cited, of course, uh, Berkeley and then all Facebook and Google and um, Amazon all uh, being around uh, this this. Um, this university within 20 mile radius. So in my mind, uh, universities within the DOD like the DEU can play that role, that role of, of uh, a place and a platform that connects people with people and people with knowledge, uh, not only about acquisition, but also about innovation, AI, digital readiness, and all of these components that we need uh, to be able to support the warfighter. This episode is brought to you by Experfy. Incubated in Harvard Innovation Lab, Experfy provides custom future of work solutions, such as private talent clouds and skill taxonomies. Experfy differentiates itself by using subject matter experts to pre-vet and pipeline candidates for AI and high-end technology skills. However, Experfy Talent Cloud Platform is skill agnostic and can be licensed to build custom talent clouds for any and all skills. In a different use case, enterprises interested in employee intermobility can license the Experfy platform to create an internal gigs marketplace where interested employees can be algorithmically matched to projects, gamifying their learning experience. Visit www.experfy.com for more information. So in the industry, we're seeing that uh, COVID has had a profound impact in accelerating digital transformation. Are, are you seeing some of that happening within the DOD because of COVID? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I can speak. Uh, yes, you're absolutely right. We've seen it. We've lived it. COVID is the accelerant. I was actually looking at some other data earlier. And somebody was citing um, the the fact that learning actually jumped, uh, leapfrogged ten years of learning into two weeks. Like the way the learning um, industry was progressing with COVID, we leapfrogged uh, within two weeks. We, we essentially went all online, and we can see that specifically at DAU, where we transformed. 80% of our classes were live in person. And within two, three weeks, we were able to transform almost 80% of those uh, into uh, virtual uh, ILT, instructor-led training. And now we are at 100% uh, of uh, all of our training happening online. So meaning transforming uh, the classroom live uh, classroom into a virtual setting. Of course, we did have the... Um, uh, 
asynchronous training previously, and that's in addition to all of our learning. So live online is uh, is true. Uh, it's happening everywhere. Uh, somebody uh, actually the the CIO of the Arizona State University was actually citing some numbers this morning. 1.3 million Zoom meetings, 26 billion meetings on Zoom to provide learning. That's like 3,000 years of, of Zoom learning uh, that they tabulated this year because of COVID. So uh, what we are also seeing is um, teams within uh, the acquisition, uh, within uh, DCMA that have taken this opportunity with COVID to actually accelerate and come up with new ideas. So there was a, a particular team uh, that was led by Ryan Connell that uh, took this market research. So they realized, wow, um, we can actually create this one sheet for, so every acquisition uh, contracting officer needs to do market research before they can procure goods. So when it came to PPE and uh, hand, sanitizers and everything related to COVID, they realized that they could save hundreds of hours of market research across all of these uh, contracting officers across the DOD, like 800 locations, by providing them that one pager of, of market research. So that's a great example of innovative inno innovation within the acquisition because of COVID. So COVID is the accelerant and then Creativity and technology are the enablers. What kind of uh, changes or innovation are you seeing uh, specifically in the people management space? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. That's where my passion is. Uh, so, on during my um, doctoral research, uh, studied uh, a model um, that uh, focuses on knowledge, motivation, and organizational infrastructure. Um, it's uh, a model that's uh, called KMO. And so the model says that, and it's an empirical model, so it's been applied and tried and tested. So it says that when change comes, uh, when it comes to people, you have to, we have to give them three things. You have to give them the skills to get them from A to B, B meaning the new state. We have to give them the organizational infrastructure. So in this case, Zoom and WebEx and all of the technology they need to be able to perform. But the most important thing is motivation, which is the hardest one too. And it's even harder now to motivate people online virtually. In fact, uh, the Price Waterhouse ch uh, Chief HR Officer's um, report that just came out this week cites that uh, H uh, Chief HR Officers around the country are their biggest concern is creating a culture of trust in a virtual environment. That's one of, our, of their biggest concerns about their people. Another concern is uh, the anxiety that uh, the employees are feeling uh, because of this uncertainty uh, that we're going through um, and uh, the difficulty of all these different tools that we have, have been thrusted upon us uh, and being able to toggle between the different technologies. So it's, um, it's really critical to be able to distill uh, for, for those of us that are working with, uh, with the workforce and focusing on making their experience as um, meaningful as possible so that we can take care of some of these concerns and, and help them focus on learning. 
we're focusing on the user experience. So at DAU, we actually created a brand new directorate uh, with over 40 team members that's led by uh, Marianne Watson. And uh, the focus of this directorate is indeed the user experience. So we're, we're dissecting the learning experience from the moment they come to DAU. We want to understand their, their um, journey, not only from a user interface, but also from, from everything that we offer, products and services, et cetera. So it's really critical to be able to do that. So that's the knowledge piece and the organizational piece, the K and the M of the model that I mentioned earlier. It's a Clark and Estes model. The M part is also so critical. So I mentioned earlier, we did uh, the Think Differently webcast, which was a an opportunity to create a platform to bring industry and DOD and the workforce and academia together to talk. And I also mentioned earlier, we did the TEDxDAU, which uh, was a huge success uh, based on the results that we got from the survey and the participants telling us that, oh my God, I have uh, I've joined uh, the DOD a year ago and now I feel empowered and I feel motivated to navigate through this crazy COVID um, unprecedented time. One participant said, another one said, I've been at the DOD for 15 years. This is the first time I feel so inspired and empowered. So. It's, it's, these are just two data points, but we can see uh, that we're, we're able to touch uh, not only the, those that are new uh, to the DOD, but also some of the most seasoned, member, seasoned members of the DOD and helping them feel motivated. We feel that that's so difficult, but also but so critical to, um, to driving everything else. So if we, even if we have the skills, if we're not motivated, we're not going to take the next step. Now let's talk about some of the processes uh, within the government sure. that inhibit uh, innovation. Yeah. So, you know, so you've got um, a lot of companies out in the Silicon Valley or even in Cambridge, Massachusetts that have wonderful technology and platforms, but they're not able to really interact with the government or sell to the government. So how do you think that these companies can uh, become enablers for the government? What, what are the kind of uh, avenues that you would recommend for these companies? Absolutely. So, so I'm going to go back to Secretary Esper, who highlighted again and again, especially this year, the need for uh, the DOD to connect with industry. We cannot be... Um, uh, stronger if we don't uh, collaborate and leverage learnings within within industry and academia. So, I would recommend three avenues that are already happening. By the way, of course, first the first one is uh, the UARCs. So that's uh, the university affiliated research centers. Those are DoD research centers that are affiliated with universities, and so. Um, recently, DAU actually collaborated with the Stevens Institute of Technology, that so, and we created nine sessions for digital readiness. So we did three sessions on AI. So these are rapid deployment training webcasts, uh, similar to the ones that I mentioned earlier. So we had three on AI, three on digital readiness, and three on digital engineering. It was incredible to see. We had over 3,000 members of the workforce attend these because there's so much uh, thirst 
on uh, workforce digital readiness and being able to understand the basics so that we can navigate this conversation. So that's one example. UX is one example. Another example is uh, organizations like Decode. Decode is a private company that actually operates in bringing together um, tech, the tech industry and government and helping them identify the gaps. Uh, first, they help them understand each other, what are the needs that each other has, and then helps them close the, the, the gap so that there's more collaboration so that the government can leverage commercial technology uh, for national security. Very, very critical um, and very successful. Um, so a lot of, uh, a lot of um, senior executives have been attending uh, courses at Decode, and actually DAU has uh, supported some of that training uh, that Decode offers. But uh, what I love about this setup is that uh, VCs and um, small startups can actually pitch to government in live pitch sessions. And uh, with the support of Decode, they can actually find ways and use other transaction authority vehicles, which are special vehicles within the acquisition process that uh, are faster and allow um, these smaller startups to actually collaborate with government. So that's the second example. Uh, so in the private industry initiatives and companies that are coming in to close that gap. And the third is education and awareness. And DAU has actually created a page uh, if you can Google, you can Google doing business with a DOD, the page is going to pop up uh, that DAU created. And in there, we have all kinds of resources, including a 10-step map where we're guiding companies that are not familiar with how complex it is to work with, with government to go through the different 10 steps and prepare so that they can be better versed in this, uh, navigating this complex um, process. So... The bottom line is education, awareness, and collaboration, so that we can we can um, close that gap and uh, foster stronger collaboration between industry and especially the smaller startups uh, and uh, smaller businesses and the DoD. So, as we look at the future of this joint force, arguably it will be the cultivation of talent that will ensure that the DoD maintains is operational readiness moving forward in this era of artificial intelligence and these emerging technologies. And, and critical to this business is talent. So That's what right. do you see as the challenges that the, the DOD faces uh, as it's trying to compete for the same talent with the companies like Google and Facebook and Amazon? Uh, and, and how do you see uh, DOD mitigating those challenges. Yeah, so yeah, that's a that's a that's a absolutely uh, great point. And uh, clearly, uh, it is the mission that's a differentiator. Money is not it's not where the the uh, differentiator will come in from because government cannot compete with uh, the salaries that industry pays. However, the mission and uh, the the reward that you get from working uh, to advance national security can be uh, for many much uh, more meaningful uh, 
than um, than uh, the salary made. So clearly, that's where uh, I believe, and that's what brought me to the DoD. It's the mission and uh, the opportunity to work with incredibly smart people and and do meaningful long term things that are bigger than any one of us. Uh, helping to advance the national security. Now, from a practical perspective, the DOD does have uh, some challenges with regards to um, agility in uh, hiring and uh, retaining uh, people, talent within uh, the services. Uh, there is a, a process, uh, the billet process, which essentially it's slots for particular types of expertise. And that process is not very agile. So uh, organizations like the Defense Innovation Board have made specific recommendations to the DOD to consider and implement some of these um, adaptations to the uh, hiring and retention uh, system at the DOD especially in areas like AI and emerging technologies, because that's the only way, as you put it, uh, Harpreet, uh, that uh, the DOD can outsmart and out-innovate our adversaries. Great, Maria, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for sharing all your insights. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be with you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Future of Work Pioneers podcast. Please rate us wherever you get your podcast and also tell your colleagues and friends about the show. Be sure to tune in next week for a new episode with yet another pioneer shaping the future of work.